1: Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris.
2: Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Thursday, May 5th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And of course, the whole world is going crazy. It feels like it's Cinco de Mayo, by the way. Happy Cinco de Mayo, Chris. You drinking a margarita tonight?
1: I am, I am not,
2: I am not, I am not. I might have a, a little glass of tequila myself, because it's been an absolutely insane week. Uh, one, to do with the NCAA and all of the other things that are going on with the transfer portal deadline, but also... They are attempting to change some stuff with NIL. They are attempting to change the transfer portal window. Uh, you've got the end of the NFL draft as of this past weekend. Uh, just a lot of news that has been going on this week. And uh, it's been a crazy week at work. I don't know about you, but it, it seems like it's been more insane this week than, uh, than usual, which is already always insane. So, <laughs> are you going to see Dr. Strange this weekend? I'm going tonight. Very nice. Okay, I'm going on Saturday. Yeah, you know, you know my boy. You know my boy Fletcher.
1: Oh, I do. He's, he's he's all into this stuff, and he always gets me tickets. And you know, I feed him about three times a week, and and he 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 makes sure I I have a, a seat at the uh, at the at the movies.
2: Well, very nice, very nice. I am going to Alabama this weekend, and I will be watching it in the IMAX dome at the McQuain Science Center in downtown Birmingham. So I, I went so, ahead and got our tickets. And, I, I don't know what a non x dome is. What is that? So d- the original IMAXs were the, the big curved screens that would like cur- – it was almost like a planetarium, and, and you okay. would sit I've kind of at place. an angle. Uh yep, and you look at the sky. You got it, and that's what this one is. So it it should be interesting. Right. I haven't been to one in a while. So, I think there's one in Nashville, but uh, but there's not I, one here.
1: I got in a conversation with an old friend that I hadn't spoken to in, oh, man, I bet 12, 13 years yesterday. Gotcha. And uh, they were telling me that their daughter, who's a couple years older than me, um, lives in Dallas, and she's super excited about the uh, Top Gun movie coming out because they have a 4D theater. That is going to be playing Top Gun, and I thought, when is four? Like, hang on, you you have more than three D out there, <laughs> and you can go watch these movies. Like, we don't get this shit. We don't. We can't have that.
2: That's I don't. I don't even know what four D would be. Like I, I don't know.
1: Appar- but, but apparently, Top Gun's gonna come out in that damn movie theater. And I'm thinking, well, hell, I want to drive to Dallas. That's
2: uh. That's I, I got to tell you, that is interesting. Just a scant eight hours away. It's not bad. I mean, Dallas is not far. That's not bad. You you brought up uh, uh, old friends and all that kind of stuff that you hadn't talked to in a while. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I you saw this and you commented on it. The SEC coaches having beards. Yeah, did you remember seeing that? Uh, I guess it was last night. And all oh, yeah. the. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I went ahead and put this on the screen here for everybody. But these uh, SEC coaches – Only,
1: like, two of them look good with beards. Okay? Exactly. So I look pretty decent with a beard when I have it taken care of halfway because it covers my face, and that's <laughs> an important feature. I think a lot of these SEC coaches aren't, like, horrible-looking troll-like guys to the no. point where the beard kind of hurts them. A few of them, a few of them it look real good on.
2: Now, this this cracked me up. Saban uh, having the the colored in beard, where only part of it's gray. It's like, guys, this guy's seventy years old. Like, what? well, no, Saban <laughs> having the colored
1: in hair made the beard look weird because the oh. the beard was pretty salt and peppery. Oh yeah, the hair the hair was super brown, and I thought <laughs> that that's not even like I hate this son of a bitch, and that's not even nice. Okay, oh that's my god, not, like you know.
2: That's, I put out that yeah. I, it looks like I went to high school with a bunch of these guys, but it does crack oh, yeah. me up looking at this. I mean. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: yeah. No, I mean, you know, we, at, at our age now, every every guy I know at our age, unless they work in like a professional world where you're not allowed to have beards, which I think those places do. Yeah, I don't know a single friend that doesn't have a beard.
2: Uh, the uh, the Shane Beamer one. You said he looked like Derek Carr. I believe that he, Brian Kelly. He Silver looks Fox. like Derek Carr. Oh, he he really does. He really does. And and the beard thing kind of brings it out a little bit more because you have to focus on his eyes more. That's uh, it. but that's
1: yeah, it. That, the eyes and the nose. That 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 center area of his face and the beard <laughs> is really dark black. and He's got really dark black hair. See, see, Shane Beamer is one of these where the beard really hurts him. Oh that's yeah, a, that's a good looking man.
2: Uh, right? Jimbo Except Fisher, that
1: handsome dude, and the beard like really takes away from how of uh, a good-looking guy he is.
2: Oh, big time! The Jimbo Fisher one make he looks like uh, he looks like he works in turf management, like at a golf well, course. Well, he or something. looks
1: like he hasn't, you know, nobody's put a cone through that beard in about nine weeks. So, I mean, it yes. doesn't help the fact that they gave him a scraggly ass one. See, I do it all this out of memory? How was I bad in school? I remember <laughs> I saw that picture last night <laughs> at like eight o'clock. And I know exactly what every one of them look like from memory right now. Oh yeah, driving down
2: the damn road. How was <laughs> I, I a bad student? Bill Conley, uh, he tweeted out and said Eli Drinkwitz looks like somebody that follows my morning jacket around on tour. <laughs> 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 oh man, Mike Leach looks like uh, looks like he runs a you know a feed shop. Uh, well,
1: Mike 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 Leach looks exactly like a Duck Dynasty guy.
2: Oh yeah, and he oh, probably 100%. fit in pretty well with those guys. So and then Mark Stoops, I can't even decide on about Mark Stoops. I mean that is just I, well. <laughs> he's
0: got uh, so I'm going to tell you this: up. some of these
1: pictures they did really bad. <laughs> I know, look, I know a lot of people like to give hypo Heifel shit. Hypo's not that fat. I'm that fat. Hypo's <laughs> not that fat. No, they no, took no. they <laughs> took the shittiest picture. That is a picture my mom would have taken of me and Shared it out, just taking the absolute worst picture you could possibly take of somebody, and said, "Look at this!
2: Look at this!
1: That's wrong! No, that's wrong! You ain't wrong about it." Josh Heupel, Josh is a—he's all right, but he—he ain't—he ain't that damn fat. Whew. That picture makes him look like he's by side
2: No, that thing cracked me up. Shout out to a uh, SEC football vids on Twitter for that. Uh, that was yeah, that was fun. That very was fun. entertaining. Very entertaining.
1: Kelly was a Brian Kelly was a handsome, handsome. Distinguished he was man.
2: Silver Fox. Silver Fox, indeed. Let's uh, let's talk about some of the topics for today. Again, it is Cinco de Mayo. So, uh, over the last couple of days, obviously, we had the end of the NFL draft, and now you were getting some of the responses, some of the reactions from the current NFL players as to some of the guys that may be coming in to these organizations to replace them. And one of the ones that popped up, you know, we had a press conference with Ryan Tannehill. And Ryan Tannehill said uh, it is not his job to mentor Malik Willis, of course, the quarterback out of Liberty that was drafted by the Tennessee Titans. He said it would be a great thing if he learns from me. This article in USA Today by Ben Arthur kind of goes through it. Uh, first, you know, we, we find out that Ryan Tannehill had to go to therapy after the season ending loss to the Bengals in the playoffs. Remember the Titans were the number one seed overall. They would have hosted the AFC championship game if Ryan Tannehill basically doesn't throw three interceptions and, and lose them the game. Right. They, they they were set up for a trip to the Super Bowl or at least a good opportunity for it because they would have hosted the Chiefs. And instead they, they lose to the they Bengals. would have
0: Gary.
1: Gary, they would they would have been a massive underdog to the Chiefs.
2: Oh yeah, but they, they at least would have, they would have had the they, game at home at least that, that,
1: that doesn't matter. And playoff football, man, that stuff just doesn't matter anymore.
2: Agreed. What
1: What matters is talent and Ryan Tannehill and this Titans team wasn't the number one overall seed team to begin with. That record was fraud because they got to play three teams that didn't have a
2: quarterback worth an absolute shit. No, no, no. You are not Six wrong times. about that. And now they have at Malik a, Willis. A
1: 16 games, 17 games, they, they got to play three special needs quarterbacks. That's
2: just not okay. <laughs> so here's what Tannehill said. He said, uh, "He said that's part of being a quarterback in the same room. Uh, we're competing against each other. We're watching the same tape. We're doing the same drills. I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but if he learns from me along the way, that's a great thing. I don't know. I, it's, it's just a little strange, right? Uh, he said, I texted Malik right after we drafted him. I wasn't informed of the selection beforehand, but same thing with trading A.J., the team is going to do the best thing that they think is in the best interest of the uh, of the team. I have no problems with Malik. We're looking to add talent and guys that can help us, so we'll add him to the room and go from there. Uh, tell me... I always find it a little weird because this is not the first time that this has happened. I mean, we, we've seen this happen multiple... All the way dating back to Brett Favre. Brett Favre did not want the Packers to draft Aaron Rodgers. And... No. And maybe it helped Aaron Rodgers grow a little bit, or maybe it made him uh, that much more of, what's the nicest way to say prick? Which, how, <laughs> how, do you, how do you say that? Uh, he, he's he got a chip on his shoulder all the time, right? No, so, but, I, but I think he was always a prick. Like, I, I, I think that I too. I don't think Favre made him a prick. Like, Tom, Tom has got a chip on his shoulder, yes. but
1: Tom's not a prick.
2: Like, so, But uh, but none of the – so Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, one of those guys that – I don't know that Tom Brady necessarily mentored him, but it was somebody that Jimmy so G could we, learn we from. Need
1: a, we need to stop. We need to stop. We need to have a semantics lesson right now. Okay, uh, We need to have a conversation about words, okay? Mentor. Mentor is Mentor is somebody who you spend deep emotional time with, that you listen to and learn from outside of work, Outside of your life. Now you're talking about, oh, I want you to mentor me professionally, like in our work. Oh, you mean you want to learn under me? That's that's a, I, I think that's a different thing. Okay? A mentor is somebody who's gonna give you life advice and and who's gonna teach you things that, that, that are that are outside of the realm of the game and whatever. Listen, they drafted Malik Wills. He can't learn anything from Ryan Tannehill. They drafted him because he's not Ryan Tannehill. It, agreed. Right? They drafted agreed. so they don't want him to learn shit from Ryan, all right? Now, what Ryan needs to understand, and all these other quarterbacks also need to understand, is you don't, it's not your job to be a mentor. It is your job to be a teammate, okay? Yes. And if you ever go down and or get benched, it is still your responsibility to the team, to the organization, to the fans, to make sure that guy behind you is ready for success all right that he's prepared you put the damn headset on on the sidelines you hold the clipboard you give him notes when he comes over to the sidelines and it doesn't matter if he took your job because he's better than you or if he got it because you were hurt it is your responsibility to be a teammate not to just that one person but to everyone on the roster Agreed. that's what's important Agreed. all right and, and and i think these guys think that well i'm not going to teach him anything oh you're not When we're watching film, I can't tell you, I mean, golly, it's been decades since I've been in a a locker room watching film, but I can't tell you how many times Jordan Pettit and Kelvin Bell pulled me aside and showed me what I was doing wrong to go against them every day in practice because they knew it was better for the team for me to be better because when we get into the game, I'm not going against them anymore and they want me to make sure my technique is right, my my, my steps are right, and I know what I'm doing. Okay? okay? So it's Ryan's responsibility to the organization. And all these other pricks, by the way, Joe Flacco, all these guys. For some reason, people lump Tom in with this, and I take umbrage with that. Tom took Jacoby Percent and Jimmy Garoppolo with him everywhere, not just football. I mean, that was more of a mentorship. They yes. went to his his – place in Montana when he passed with res- receivers in the offseason. They went to the derby together. Like, he got the suite. He paid for everything. He called them the Wolf Pack. Like, he did all of like He did all of that. Yes. That's more mentorship than anything.
2: Yes, I agree. And no, I, I think you're right. I think there is a, a problem with the certain words that are used, right? And in this situation, I think I don't know that Ryan Tannehill is the bad guy here. I think the situation is, it, people were already kind of out on Tannehill anyway. Yep. There's a way that you could have rephrased that to make it, "Hey, I'm going to do my job to be the best teammate that I can be," as opposed to "It's not my job to be a mentor." Like, it, there's certain ways you can phrase this, right?
1: Like, uh, I, I'm gonna. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He 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 didn't phrase it right, but but he also. He's. I know he was asked a question. Okay, so he's yeah. answering the question, all right? So, so I'm not. I'm not blaming him for that. He's. He didn't. He didn't come out and just openly say this. And I know, but here's the thing: he was asked that question by a media member, but he wasn't asked that question by the front office. He wasn't asked that question by the coaching staff. Because I'm going to bet you a lot of money that the front office and the coaching staff doesn't want him mentoring this. All right. I. I was in the business of hiring managers that worked under one office in, under me. Okay. All right. And when I brought a new manager in, and I had a manager that wasn't real good, I made it really important to that person that I brought in. You learn from me, okay? Everybody in this office has assets in good traits, but I needed to keep them away from the person that was going to pull them down. It was going to teach them bad habits. Makes sense. And, and I didn't. I didn't want them learning under them. All right. And and it wasn't until that person got gone until we kind of cleaned up the locker room and in the office and just kind of you know everybody got together and we started helping each other a little more so it didn't seem like we're just singling this bad egg out okay so this is this is the issue and this is the problem is he he's asked the question so he's got to answer it but trust me nobody in the world is asking him to mentor this kid i I agree malik malik can do things he cannot and and outside of being able to probably study film and, and you know he knows the playbook better than Malik. i don't know how you teach him that
0: no
2: i so. don't think you do i'm i'm with you on this i i think that there are better ways that he could have phrased it uh regardless of how the question was asked or anything like that i think yeah, uh, I, I think he just he talked himself into a hole and you can't get back out yeah. of
1: that so no we yeah, look he, at he, uh, he's not he's not good at playing quarterback and he's also not good at, at handling questions that are tough like Apparently, this guy has a problem under pressure.
2: <laughs> I think we, we might have already known that. Speaking of pressure, and what a transition for this one, Scott Frost uh, is now under a lot of pressure because this man has got uh, – he's suspended for five days during the season. He has a one-year show cause, uh, all kinds of different things. Let me switch it over so, uh, so I can put the website on the video – um, Lots of different things here. Basically, the story here is that they broke the rules for countable coaches. And this was during the 2020 season. So all these different podcasts and whatnot that came out and had this quick reaction uh, talking about, oh, the special teams were awful last year. And that, this was during the COVID season, the 2020 year. And the guy that was the analyst that apparently was an on-field coach was basically an 11th guy as opposed to the 10th guy. Uh, that was John Rutledge, who is a former uh, special teams guy, uh, assistant guy. He's, he's covered all kinds of different things at Auburn. He was at Ole Miss in, like, 2007 through 2010, I believe. That was under Houston Nutt, et cetera. But, uh, but the situation here is, um, basically, he had the guy. Uh, the coach has been fired, by the way. He was fired in January uh, 2021. So before this season ever got going, any kind of practice, whatever, it's a level two punishment for being aware of the violation and not acting. Uh, His suspension will take place at some point during the fall football season. Uh, So the situation here, basically, you can't have uh, more than 10 on-field assistants. Only 10 guys are allowed to work with the players. Now, I believe that if you... uh, (laughs) I believe that this is going on everywhere, right? Like, it's one of well, the things. I'm, I'm
1: 100% positive it's going on everywhere.
2: Well, look at Tennessee. One of, the, one of the violations that Jeremy Pruitt had at Tennessee was the fact that Phil Fulmer came down as an AD and was watching practice and actually got out on the field. And they got like a small reprimand from the NCAA for it. It wasn't anything that was a huge deal uh, because it was a, a one or two time thing. This apparently happened for the entire season. I am certain, like you said, that it is happening everywhere. But if you are a coach that is, uh, one, we know that Frost ruffled some feathers when it came to, you know, uh, all of the, we want to play, all that kind of stuff because Nebraska was ready to just break from the Big Ten for the 2020 season if the Big Ten was not going to play football. All that stuff during the COVID year, they were ready to just do whatever. And... He might have ruffled some feathers for some other programs, etc. So when people found out about this, it became even more of an issue. I don't know that a lot of people are going to get bumped for this, and this isn't like a huge thing. The one year show calls, which most people associate with that, with uh, with being suspended, etc. Uh, basically, all that happens in this situation is the school has to show the NCAA why they want to keep him as their coach, which becomes an even more difficult prospect when you are fifteen and twenty nine. In your career at that school, like Scott Frost is. But I'm curious your thoughts here on, you know, was it harsh enough? Was it, you know, too harsh? Was it uh, just, I'm curious what you thought about it.
1: Well, I, I hate these rules. And I hate that, I hate that we have rules that they don't enforce consistently because we know every other team does this. We just yes. know they do. Right.
2: I mean, the perfect example of um, the Alabama national championship uh, game where they fired Lane Kiffin. So, yep.
1: After the after the first game, the playoff game, they fired Lane Kiffin, and a week later, supposedly an analyst who's never had any contact with the students before is now the OC. No relationship <laughs> with these guys, but he's going to call plays for them because he knows everything about them and they know everything about them. Yeah.
2: Yep. Um, he yeah, happens it, to be the head just, coach at in uh, Texas now. For those that don't know the story, yeah. there.
1: <laughs> so, but like, it, it's just it's just garbage that they. This is why this is why people hate the NCAA is because their lack of consistency with anything. They seem to pick and choose uh, teams that they go after, and you can kind of see like the writing on the wall with Nebraska is very clear. Nebraska pissed off in twenty twenty, the Big Ten, and so the Big Ten is now saying, "Hey, NCAA, we don't give a shit if you go after them. We don't. We don't care what you do. All right." You know, hit them, hit them with the postseason ban, which which doesn't really hurt them because they're not making the postseason. But what it what it does do is it keeps them from getting their share of the money for that year. So now we get to split whatever the postseason money is between uh, one less team. Um, you know those those types of things. The Big Ten just isn't there to protect them, and so the NCAA is like, great, we'll go after somebody and make it look like we're actually doing something. That's that's my problem there. So the the thing that cracks this,
2: me up. The other part of this is the fact that everybody assumed it was for the twenty twenty one season, and and no, well, that's this was... because
1: of how long it takes the NCAA exactly. to actually
2: do shit. That's why I mean, everybody that's, gets pissed. The,
1: the reason the reason we get it wrong is because the NCAA we can't imagine that it would take that long for the NCAA to come up with this. Right. Yeah, this guy like has this been isn't fired. Trying to chase down a bag man. <laughs> this isn't like you're not trying to get like some, give give some student uh, uh, immunity to, to like get testimony. Like we know what happened here. This is not hard. It still took him two years to do it.
2: That's uh, the guy, Jonathan Rutledge. Uh, let's see where is he now? He is uh, <laughs> he's a special teams coordinator, wide receivers coach at the Catholic University of America. I mean that's he he got fired in January of 2021. Like what are we even why are we still talking about this? Like it's so crazy. I, I, don't, I don't I
1: don't like I said this is this is somebody and and it could be somebody at Nebraska saying hey NCA you want to help us out here? We it's we, we would hate getting not we wouldn't hate getting out of this contract for calls.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they they've got you plenty know? of different reasons to do it. And now of course they got the buyout lessened uh because Well the buy now the buyout
1: yeah. lessened they, they don't need necessarily need the calls. But anyway, neither here nor there. That These rules are dumb. They don't enforce them consistently, so it makes it to where I don't give a shit when they do enforce it. Or I really care when they enforce yeah. it because it's not consistent. Um, it, I, I, you know, whatever. Nebraska's not very good, all right? Let, let, let them use all the fucking coaches they want. They're, they're not winning football games.
2: <laughs> they're not winning meaningful football games. Yeah, we'll we'll see what Casey Thompson does with them this year, but I, I would not imagine a Big Ten West uh, championship is in their future. So we'll we'll see. They might could make a bowl this year. Uh, I would imagine. Hey, you the, see, do you see the total? Uh, oh, I, I sent it to you. The the over under is seven and the, and, and the juice. Yeah, to go and under to go under seven and a half is plus one twenty over at Fanduel right
1: now. <laughs> that's
2: just not.
1: That's just steal the money. Oh, and it is. Just, it listen, is. they might win eight games, and you might lose that bet. But that's the greatest bet of all time. Like that, that's just free money right there.
2: I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, Let me do some podcast reads. Go to winningcureseverything.com. That's the website. Everything you need to know about us, you can find right over there. Along with that, subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel. The podcast you can find anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, We would recommend Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Those are the easiest ones, of course. And those will allow you to leave a five-star review a written review on the Apple Podcast. If you would, we will read those out from time to time. So go ahead and toss those in there. We certainly appreciate it. It helps us out with the algorithm and all the other mess that's going on there. As far as the YouTube goes, jump in the chat. We like to hear from you guys. We want to hear what you think, your opinions on these topics. So go ahead and dive in with it. And uh, along with that, go ahead and share the show out. Tell your friends about it. Uh, jump in the comments, whatever else. Uh, we are on Twitter. I am at GaryWCE. Chris is at Chris Nini, And the show is at Winning Cures. Uh, we are looking around at advertising for the football season. So if anybody is interested, if you want to get out in front of, by the way, uh, we hit between website, podcast, and YouTube, we hit over 600,000 uh, impressions last year. So, that's uh, that's just from August through February. So go ahead and hit us up for that. that uh, basically, beginning of football season, fall camp, all that, through the Super Bowl. So not too bad. We uh, we almost tripled what we did from the year before that. So not too shabby. We are continuing to grow here. Uh, you can also find my smile mug over at BetUSTV.com. And we just did a, a big to-do uh, with my buddy Flash Gordon uh, from... Flash Gordon sounds funny. His his name is Gordon Watson. His name's Flash. Uh, he and I talked about the Kentucky Derby over there. So you can find it at BetUSTV.com. Chris, there's a lot going on in the legal world, and everybody has decided that the route that college football is taking is is the wrong direction. Sports Illustrated has an article up that says, SEC and Pac-12 to pitch Senate on NIL legislation and athletes' employment status. Basically, uh, because... They could not get it done with the NCAA. You know, Mark Emmert went and talked to the House of Congress and all this other stuff, and he couldn't get anything done. And during the coaches, not coaches' meetings, but the uh, the big admin meetings in Scottsdale this week, here is what the article says from Ross Dellinger. Uh, amid unrest within college sports, two Power Five commissioners are traveling to the nation's capital to lobby lawmakers for the creation of federal legislation to regulate name, image, and likeness, a U.S. Senate aide told Sports Illustrated on Wednesday. It says, on Thursday, which would be today, PAC-12 Commissioner George Klofkoff and SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey will meet with U.S. Senators on Capitol Hill to fight for a congressional mandate to regulate what has evolved into the uh, NCAA's latest festering problem. Sankey and Klofkoff, two of the industry's most influential leaders, which might be a bit strong for Klyovkov. I don't know that he's the most influential right now, but either way. Uh, It says they are teaming up to encourage lawmakers to pass an NIL statute. They are also expected to seek senators' help in preventing what they believe is another potential issue looming for college sports, employment status for college athletes. Uh, We've only been at this for 10 months now, and it has already become such an issue that they are going back to the senators, back to... Legislators and trying to get something done because they know that if the NCAA tries to block anything when it comes to NIL, which I'll I'll talk a little bit more here in just a minute um, about the NCAA threatening some of these collectives, they're not going to be able to do anything. Because the Supreme Court during the Austin case last year basically told them, if y'all try and put any kind of restrictions on this, on what these kids can make, we are going to crush you. Like that was the opinion from Brett Kavanaugh, the uh, the Supreme Court Justice. What are your thoughts on what's going on here? Why would Sankey and Klyovkov want to get involved in this?
1: Uh, because their uh, school presidents are upset and are yelling and screaming, and or their athletic directors are upset and they're yelling and screaming, and or the major coaches uh, involved are upset and they're yelling and screaming. That's
2: I did why. see. I did see this front office sports said that. Uh, it was being pushed heavily by Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, which immediately made me think of the conversation you and I had on the show at some point last year when all this stuff was going on, and Nick Saban was like, Is this, do we want this? Do we want boosters getting involved like this? Do we want all this stuff going on? And everybody took that as a warning, and I took it more as, Nick Saban doesn't want boosters involved with his program. And I think that might be what we're looking at. Like, hey, can, what can we do to get these guys out of the way, right? Like, I think that's what's happening. But I, it, it's so weird to see. And I, I understand Sankey would do that for his coaches. I'm curious about Kleovkov. Like, he's brand new at this. One, what kind of influence is he going to have? And two, uh, why, who over in the Pac-12 would he be... Interested in doing this for? Like, wouldn't uh, he be better everybody, served?
1: Everybody, everybody not named USC and that Oregon. might
2: be that might be the the thing there. That's, yeah, that's the issue.
1: He's he's got he's got twelve schools that he has to answer to right now, and two of them are thrilled about this, and the other ten are absolute rip shit pissed.
2: Yeah, I think you're probably right there. Uh, I could not Likewise. imagine Stanford getting right, listen, involved with this. Everybody like,
1: says, "Oh, Saban, Saban! tried to warn everybody about going fast." And look, he perfected it. He mastered it. No, he didn't master anything. He gets more talent than everybody. Yes, he gets. So, so now, so he just stopped getting big, slow, strong guys and started getting really fast, athletic guys. Yes, but he gets more talent than everybody else. He doesn't like this, and Kirby doesn't like this because now, for the first time ever, one of them two. Doesn't have the number one recruiting class in the nation, and why is it? Because no matter how much money they throw at people, they ain't getting what A and M's getting. Because until A and M was able to bring it above board, A and M obviously didn't have the system to pay these kids under the table the way Alabama and Georgia were. Yeah. It's not magic, guys. This is not. This is not magic. This is not something. They're not wizards. Okay, they're, they're just not. All right, nobody. Everybody can say all they want. Look at how Nick Saban puts guys in the NFL. Okay, look at how Kirby puts guys in the NFL. Until this draft, Kirby hadn't been the greatest at putting guys in the NFL. We've had three different coaches at LSU, and every one of them put guys in the NFL. All right, actually, we don't get those
2: types of recruiting classes. I tweeted about that, by the way. Did you see that? Uh, No, they they were talking about uh, the number of NFL players that have come out in the last, what, 10 years or whatever it was. And LSU was right up there. It was Alabama, Ohio State, whoever, yes. in LSU. And I said yes.
1: – we, we, we just put 10, number two out of this draft, 10 players yes. in the league. in the last two years were below 500.
2: Yes. And that's that's what I was saying okay. is anybody that doesn't think that Brian Kelly is going to kill it at LSU is just fooling yeah. themselves. No, like it's just... and Brian Kelly knew that also.
1: And anybody who's that who's who's upset about that at at at, at you know uh, Notre Dame and wants to pop shots of well he'll just he'll just get just destroyed by everybody he was getting destroyed by when he played him in the playoffs. Yeah, he didn't have this kind of talent in the playoffs.
2: Nope, he so did not.
1: Anyway, neither here nor there. But, Nick and them are mad because the rules are changing on them to balance out, uh, uh, you know, the talent, to spread it around. Would you rather be fourth fiddle at Alabama or Georgia, or would you rather be king dingling somewhere else? Yeah. This is going to give opportunities to kids to go to schools like Cincinnati or go to Oklahoma State because if you're the best player at Oklahoma State, you're going to get a lot of money. You yes. might be the twelfth best player at Alabama, yeah. so now you're not going to get the depth you used to getting. And so you're just not.
2: Let's let's keep it on. Uh, let's keep it on. Nil. I might have put the cart before the horse here. Uh, part of the okay. reason why I think that that Sankey and Kliovkov are going to the Senate is because of this other article from Dellinger from the day before. It says Task Force yeah, Too Big. The, money.
1: That's the article I actually saw.
2: Yeah, this one. Uh, the Task Force Too Big Money Boosters Nil Sanctions could be coming. And basically it says college leaders are gearing up to issue a warning to hundreds of wealthy boosters who are using NIL ventures to involve themselves in recruiting. Um, basically they're going after these big collectives, right? What we've got at Miami with John Ruiz and that bunch, what we've got at Texas AM, what Texas has put together, what everybody has been putting together collectives, right? We, we see all this. Yeah. Um, but John Ruiz came in and I don't know that it was in the SEC or in the, uh, excuse me, the SI article but John Ruiz, who is the billionaire booster down at Miami, he came out and said, hey, uh, I dare you to do something about this. Uh, like we were just talking about, uh, he, he knows he would win in court like because of yeah. what has happened. He said, uh, yeah. John Ruiz said, we feel our platform is the only one in the country that truly would be resilient to any attack by the NCAA because we do have a quid pro quo. The payments are made electronically to them every two weeks. It's a pretty well-oiled machine. Um, it, it The whole thing is just, like, now that this thing has been opened, how do you put the, as as Pat Forty says, how do you put the toothpaste back in the tube? I don't think you can. You can't. You can't. You can't. And, and this is what I love. This is what I
1: love, okay? worthless pieces of shit like Mark Emmert does nothing for half a decade or over a decade to fix this problem when it's been looming all this time and now that it's here and he has to do something about it he can't just shoo it under the rug anymore because those damn poor college kids won't just go the fuck away okay now that he has to do something he's, he's acting like oh my god I don't know what to do no you don't you don't know what to do don't go to congress and ask them to fix this do you see how bad congress fucks up everything they touch oh yeah they can't fix this either all right. You got a bunch of people that are really bad at problem solving who are getting paid gazillions of dollars to problem solve, and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. They don't know how to. They don't know. Listen, I love, you know, Wesco talked about, and uh, maybe it was Pat 40, uh, talked about, um, uh, uh, oh, God, the BYU coach.
2: Holy yeah, Kalani kid. Satake. Yeah.
1: Uh, coach Satake. Talked about Katsutaki saying, "You know, I've never seen eighteen-year-old kids with this much money before. Are we sure this is good for them? Man, they're going to piss it all away and go be broke. So it's better for them to have nothing and just be broke all the time than for you to give them money and them to fuck it off.
2: That's, I, I think, I think the idea of learning from your mistakes, uh, probably better than just never having the opportunity to do anything with it, right? Um, yeah,
1: these guys are going to make money.
2: That's right. Yes, And that's
1: offensive to a lot of people because they don't like these kids making a lot of money because when they were young, they didn't have a lot of money. Well, Yeah, the world is different now. Okay, Grandpa, moving along. Movers. You're only getting paid a lot of money because you're really good at coaching football. That's the only reason you're getting a lot of money. If you couldn't coach football, you'd be useless to society. Yes, yes. Most of these coaches, less than useless.
2: Darren Heitner said in this, by the way, he's a Florida-based sports attorney. He said, either you let everyone do it or you enforce the rule. In essence, what's happening or will happen is those who are willing to violate the rule will be rewarded if nothing is done about it. Don't have a rule if you're not willing to enforce it. This isn't a matter of them not being able to do something, but will it further open itself to more litigation? Uh, litigation it's probably going to lose. And and that's the whole point of this, right? They already know. what you and me
1: talk about all the time, though. Yeah. Like, unenforceable rules. It just enraged me. They yes. just enraged me. People people make up rules all the time. We should have this rule, and we should have that law. And okay, that sounds fantastic. How do you enforce it? Yes. What do you do? What do you do when they break it? We're going to have that conversation now about tampering. All right? Every coach tampers. Every one of these schools tampers. What do you do when they break it? Do you just take them out back and shoot them? Like, what What are we going to do? <laughs> Because there's got to hang on. You can't say you want this rule and then not have a plan or an idea for what to do when somebody breaks your rule. Yes, I know it's I know it's surprising to these guys who have been in control their entire lives and nobody has ever ever disobeyed them before. But but somebody might disobey them. Somebody might break their rule. Yeah, and then they got to figure out what that plan is.
2: Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh this let, let's take that into the transfer portal. Okay. Uh transfer portal uh colleges and well coaches for the most part are pushing for the NCAA to uh to change the transfer portal windows. To it's going to help them with roster management. And and I can understand this. You and I uh discussed this. I want to say on the last show it might have been uh, yeah, maybe last we've week we just talked about this, right? Yeah. Uh, But now the coaches are actually pushing forward. NCAA is looking into it. Um, The two windows would come after the regular season and during the spring. So what we're looking at, basically, and I've got an article from CBS Sports pulled up about it, uh, the AFCA is proposing a set transfer window, and it's going to start, basically, um, right after the, the final week of the regular season, so right after Championship Saturday, and it would go all the way into January. So then you've got at at one point in early January, like I think right after the national championship game. After that, then you get to focus on uh, national signing day because I believe they're going to do away with the early signing period, so it'll work right up until February first. You have that time to focus on recruiting like high school players, and then after that, you have you know February through Ed, whatever, middle of April, and that's going to be your spring camp, whatever where you're prepping for that. And then April 15th to May 1st would be another transfer portal window for you to jump in the portal. You don't have to sign with a team at that point. You just have to be in the portal at that point. Uh, There are a lot of player personnel people that are kind of against this because they're, they're saying we don't have enough staff to be able to look at the number of kids that are going to jump in at those points, right? It's going to be kind of insane, but the, the, difference there is, look, one, you guys get paid a lot of money, okay? You can figure yep. this out. And two is the kids don't have to sign immediately. Like, just because nope. they have to be in by April or by May 1st doesn't mean, like, Jordan Addison got in before the May 1st deadline and he can sign at any point and And he'll still be eligible. He yep. just had to be in the portal. So, I'm curious, uh, you know, it, they're eliminating the 25-man um, uh, recruiting class for a little bit. Like it, there was a limit on the number of kids you could sign out of high school. Well, obviously, you have a coaching chain, something like that. You lose a ton of players in the transfer portal, whatever. You should be able to bring in more than twenty-five guys. So yeah, you, you got
1: to fill a roster. You do have to yeah. fill a roster. That's a that's a player safety issue at some point.
2: Yeah, got to guys. Yeah, they're they're gonna fix that for a little. And it it may and, only you're, be and you're giving more
1: years. kids scholarships, so it's not like you're you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, this is it's a market correction that that will eventually be fixed, etc. But uh, but yes, I'm I'm curious your thoughts here. It, it, do you like these portal windows? I, I kind of dig it. I want to have a more nope, regulated schedule. I like it.
1: Don't 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 have a problem with the schedule. Don't have a problem with, with any of that. I, I don't want anybody to be able to stop these kids from doing what they want to do. And 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 I'm okay with with a window of time to say, hey, you got to be responsible. You got to be a grown up. By this day, you have to make your mind up if you're gonna leave or not. Right, you don't have to leave by then, but you, you got to at least let somebody know this is when you're leaving. Um, and I'm okay with it. This school's complaining that they don't have enough. Nebraska just got in trouble for having too much staff. <laughs> these guys have way too much staff. Go look at the amount of money and the amount of people that work for these just football only staffs. Please don't tell me you're understaffed. Everybody who works in the private sector of the world that actually has to make something for a living to, to, to like to like get a living is working three or four jobs at one time at all times. And you literally have somebody who just is an is a is an offensive analyst that only handles passing plays. Like that's your only job at most of these things. You're so specialized that please don't tell me you don't have enough staff. I don't want to hear that bullshit. I just don't <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. By the way, uh, yesterday, 25-year anniversary of the NCAA uh, being beaten in court because they had capped how much assistant coaches could make. Uh, they got sued in federal court, and they lost. So that is it's why good. they uh, –
1: they, Hang on, Gary. I would like somebody to look up and find a court case that the NCAA has actually won. I don't
2: okay? know that there is. Because
1: no. I don't know that it's ever happened, which tells me this. Sue these motherfuckers. Because you're going to win because they're that bad at everything they do. But if that, that doesn't tell you that this organization <laughs> should be disbanded, I don't know what else to tell you. They've never won a court case where they've ever been challenged.
2: That's what John Ruiz was saying. He's a try because me.
1: Because they're bad at everything they do. And hang on, the reason they're losing court cases is because what they're doing is either unethical, immoral, or against governmental law. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what they're doing. You're hundred percent right. Hundred percent right.
1: I, I just don't know how these people have stayed in power and we, we know their names. We know who they are.
2: It's it's certainly something. I, I can't wait to see who the next president of the NTA is gonna be because that is that is gonna be one hell of a job. <laughs> I'm I'm not lot, I'm not to kidding. Do
1: I am half I am half tempted to send send resume in because I'm gonna write a hell of a cover letter. <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm just gonna point out all these things that we talk about on the show about how inept they've been and how terrible they've been. How You're not going to select me because I hate you, and I just probably try to bring the place down from the inside out. But, I'm going to tell you, whoever you bring in, they, they do not need... Pat Forty has talked about this has written about this a couple of times now. They just, they can't bring in another former athletic director, or school president, or, you know, Andrew Luck's daddy. Like, they can't bring... You can't bring somebody in from the college football committee. Like, it can't be somebody who's already in the guard. If you're a member of the country club, you don't need to be the person that gets this job. The yes. problem is, is it's only people in the country club that are making the hire. Yeah. But they don't understand is if you want to keep the country club and you don't want the country club to go away, then you better bring somebody in. That's not a member because they'll be able to walk in, cut all the fat, get rid of everybody. That's worthless. And actually, try to start doing some
2: good. I think the Pac-12 was a little bit ahead of the curve on this. They they understood this is yeah. not just the the well, game has changed, right? George I, I, no, you had can, you can go you can
1: say that they were ahead of the curve, Gary. I don't know if that's ahead of the curve, or they were just so far below where everybody else is. Sometimes you've got to hit rock bottom before you say, you know what, we got to do something different. Yeah, and, and I think they had hit rock bottom. All
2: right. Oh, they certainly had, certainly had. Uh, but bringing in Klioffkov, who was at MGM and and all that, who I had. He's gonna be,
1: I think he's going to do fantastic. Yeah. Hang on, I he think had the no there, I think Klioffkov is 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 there with with uh, uh, with with Slot is because he's with, the only one that probably has the balls to go do
2: it. Uh, probably so. He, with Sankey, by the way, Mike's laughing. I'm sorry. So. Yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, but no. yes, but, I think you're but, right.
1: But it's because he's the, only, he's the only commissioner that says, fuck it, I'll go, let's go. Let, it, hell, it could have been his idea. Hey, we've got to do something, guys. We can't just sit on our ass.
2: Yeah, I don't think you're wrong.
1: I don't know that he was selected, and I don't know if he was asked. I, I, I think it was either his idea or he put himself in that position, because that's what leaders do, by the way. Whether they're right or wrong, they at least go out and they leave.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right.
1: First guy through the wall is always bloody. He's going to try to do something different, and 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 that means he's going to get beaten up for it. It's that's just
2: did. That's a good transition. Let's talk about something different. <clears throat> let's uh let's move into the Mountain West Conference. By the way, we'll we'll jump off transfers. Uh, the Mountain West likely to drop divisions by twenty twenty five, and this is per. Da, da, da. Brett McMurphy. i got the article pulled up here. Uh, it said, The Mountain West is, going, or is giving strong consideration to eliminating divisions for the 2023 college football season, sources told Action Network. Uh, one source was much more optimistic, indicating it is likely to happen next year. Uh, it said, We've been talking about it and will continue. Uh, the NCAA Council this month is expected to approve a waiver allowing all leagues to play without divisions but still hold conference championship games. Uh, It will not require teams to eliminate divisions, but it does provide that option. I will imagine we will see more of this. um, Basically, a conference is guaranteed its two best teams in the championship game if it eliminates the divisions. Now, that way they would be better positioned for uh, a CFP berth or a New Year's 6 berth or whatever, right? I don't know of many conferences that are going to keep divisions once this waiver uh, gets approved right once once they allow this i think we the the divisions might be the way of the dodo like because you're always going to want your best options in there and it would eliminate the threat of possibly having like you remember back in early 2000s somewhere around there Brett Bielema took a 7 and 5 Wisconsin team to the Rose Bowl like I, I don't. Uh, yeah. We're not going to see that anymore because it's it will not be possible. So I'm I'm curious. Uh, you know, you think it's a good idea? Have we? I don't know that we've really talked a lot about this. I know we've brought it up before, but I don't well, know your opinion. I think this is okay. Not not so so for
1: you, you got to think about this. This is for the lesser conferences, quote unquote. All right, this is for those that they call that they refer to as the G 5 even though many years. The, the best of those groups are better than two or three of the power five um, I think they need to make sure that their championship game is the two best teams because that would give that's just going to have more cachet it's going to have them more bumped. So if you have divisions and and you have two teams that are undefeated on one side of the bracket and they play each other and they one one of them finishes with one loss and they're both ranked, okay? And and your opponent on the other side in your conference championship game is a four law school or a three law school or whatever they are, that doesn't do anything for you. But if you let those two teams play again for the title, now you've got another big game. You have another ranked game to, to, to help you in the rankings, to get you into a bigger bowl, to maybe get you into the conversation of the playoff. Um and I think that's what's
2: important. Well, it's a perfect example of this: the 2020 season, uh, Alabama and Texas A&M. Right? A&M only had the one loss to Bama. Uh, I think they went nine and one that last season. And Florida had two losses out of the East. Now, A&M would have been the contender here, the the other championship game participant, if they had allowed this to go through at that point. So then you would not have had Alabama playing against Dan Mullen and Kyle Pitts and uh, all that kind of mess. You would have had Alabama against Jimbo Fisher in that bunch again, and it would have given Texas a and a shot to get into the college football playoff at that point. That's uh, right. So I, I would imagine that they will start looking at this. The SEC especially will, will do away with this because they're going to have 16 teams. Like it, you, Your entire conference schedule, if you do two divisions, is going to be uh, only against the teams that are in your side, so you're going to have to do something to switch it up, right? And so I'm I'm curious about it. I'm I want to see how it works. I want to see what ends up going on. Obviously, it will eliminate a lot of people early from getting into a championship game, and that part might hurt the regular season a little bit because you you won't have that seven and five Wisconsin team that is playing out the stretch to get to uh the Big 10 championship game right like normally in that situation you start out the year 3 and 5 or whatever but then you you hit on a run and you're going through your conference slate and all of a sudden you've got a shot to get to the Big 10 title game and, you know you're a 7 and 5 team but you made it and you're not going to have those kind of upsets come in anymore and that that could hurt but it will give you some significantly bigger games as we get closer to the playoff and and the postseason. So, you know, you gotta give a little bit, you gotta take a little bit. I hate anything that takes away from the regular season, but I mean we've already destroyed the regular season as it is, you know.
1: (laughs) But hang on now. I don't know that these things take away from the regular season though. Like I hate that you're one and one against the team and if you win the second time, you're the champion or you move on or whatever. I hate that. Yeah. But I understand that that's just a part of it. That's the way it is. And I don't know if that means the regular season doesn't mean anything. Because if A&M had lost that game, then they're probably not that next-best team. What if What if Florida is better than them now? And they didn't play each other, and we got a two-way tie for that second-place team.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah, You're going to want to let in the team that didn't already lose to the first-place team.
2: That is true. Yeah, the tiebreakers so, are going to be a little so crazy. So,
1: I don't think – I don't I don't – I don't, think, I don't think this hurts the regular season all these things that people say this has hurt the regular season no, no 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 what hurts the regular season it hurts it might hurt a game in September okay what kills this sport is if you lose in September you play one of those big one-on-one matchups and you lose in September then your chances of making the playoffs and getting in with four teams is drops considerably and that kills the sport. It doesn't reward anybody for getting better
2: at all. At all. Yeah. Okay. I think you're on to something here. I think I think you're right. I think you're right. So so
1: so so if you lose two games in, in September and October, then then November doesn't matter at all. Now a whole month doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, true. True. And so that's, that's so, all so so who due says the, the regular
1: season's yeah. important. No isn't important? If Auburn loses two games in September, then what the fuck's the regular season got? The rest of the season's
2: done. And that, so again, prime example: Florida last year, they lost that one game to Alabama, uh, lost a heartbreaker very soon after that, and they basically shut it down for the rest of the year. I mean that that team had did nothing, not try. had
1: nothing else to play for. Yeah. So, so all those people trying to quote unquote protect the regular season. They just don't understand the mechanics of how the season actually plays out,
2: yeah yeah okay i can I can get with this it because it doesn't protect it it doesn't at all it just protects September that's all it does that's a good point that's a good point all right, uh we've got a couple more topics that I want to hit on uh transfers Brew McCoy has transferred to the University of Tennessee I don't know if anybody really remembers him. he was uh like yeah, a top five recruit brother. Yeah, went went all over the place. Uh, well, no, not Colts' brother. <laughs> he's there. not Colts' brother? No, 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 no. He's from, uh, well, uh... He started at Texas, so
1: yeah, I he's... kind of thought
2: that he was Colts' brother. No, uh, they're they a uh, different race altogether, my friend. <laughs> well, I, seen uh, I don't know. No, Brew McCoy, is a he was a top-five wide receiver. He committed to he's the never USC. started a game, right? Uh, he has since, but so he here was his timeline. He Okay. He committed to USC, decommitted, then enrolled at Texas, never played Texas. I would at say Texas. he started at Texas, right? Yes. He he enrolled at okay. Texas in uh, February, like right after National Signing Day, and then immediate, over the summer transferred, and it looked like he was going to go to Oregon for a bit, I believe, but he ended up back at USC. He enrolled there. He played in the 2020 season uh, for a little bit. He was hurt and did not play in the 2021 season, and now he's going to Tennessee, so uh, this—I mean—he's got first-round wide receiver talent, but can he can he get it all put together? You know, coming off injury, coming off whatever. Uh, Josh Heupel's offense will certainly you know give him a chance to showcase. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, the Jordan Addison news right now—obviously, everybody was pinpointing USC, et cetera. Uh, you and I went back and forth on Twitter and whatnot about. You know, if he doesn't go to USC, then what ends up happening? Uh, I'm curious what the backlash would be. And it is reported that he is actually out in California working out with Bryce Young, who is Alabama's quarterback. Now, I don't know that that necessarily means anything. A lot of these guys that are from Cali go back after spring practice, and they all work out out there with their trainers and specialized guys and whatever, special coaches. Um, I'm... I'm interested in what's going to go on here. Do we have some kind of a bidding war going on? Is Alabama... I mean, Alabama needs wide receivers, obviously. But, I mean, they they already went and got two of them. They got Tyler, uh, Tyler Harris, I think is the guy's name. No, Tyler something. I forget the guy's name. Out of uh, Louisville, the guy that's, like, super fast. And they went and got Jermaine Burton out of Georgia. If he ends up going to Alabama, or say he chooses... Tennessee or Texas, or it appears Texas is not out of this thing with him. Uh, is this just a money thing, or is this Addison getting himself in the best position to win and to go highly in the NFL draft? Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on that report that he's working out with Bryce Young.
1: I don't care. I do not care about these guys. When they Once you go into the portal, I don't give a shit what you do until you make a decision. I just don't. Yep. I, I, I'm not going to play Same thing I do with other recruiting stuff. I just don't care. I, I, I'm not going to follow Arch Manning around and wait and see if he picks a school. Like, I, it doesn't matter. Okay, once he picks, if he picks a school with an A on it, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to hate it. It, it. You know? So, like that... But, like, this is how this... I don't give a shit. I don't yeah. care. I can't control it. I don't find it interesting. You it makes know. sense.
2: Okay. I, I can understand that. There are a lot of people that do find it very interesting to see what these guys are going to do. Um, but, you know, that that's my biggest interest in this. It's not necessarily... Uh, you know, waiting on his every move to see where he's going to go. My interest is, what is the backlash? What does it mean going forward? Will it change anything? I would imagine if he does end up signing some crazy $3 million NIL deal for one year, uh, we will almost immediately see a market correction, depending upon what he does during the season. Like, Addison uh, was—we had six wide receivers go in the first round of the NFL draft, and this guy is the one that won the Bolitnikov for the best wide receiver. Like, he's unbelievable. But we have seen guys have really good seasons and then drop back to the pack. If he doesn't play up to that $3 million price tag, then I'm curious what the market correction will be going forward. I, I think uh, we talk about this all the time, that those, those two words, market correction. And it's going to happen a lot uh, over the next couple of years with this. Like, I don't know that the NCAA or Congress or anybody else needs to do anything with NIL and whatever else, with the transfer portal, all this, we will have a market correction eventually. Kids will not be as willing to jump into the portal once a lot of them no longer have a scholarship to go back to school somewhere. Uh, We will not have as many of these NIL deals thrown out when the kids don't play up to the level of money that they've been given. And these billionaire boosters and millionaire boosters are going to think, what am I doing? Why am I giving these kids that haven't proven anything all this money, right? Like Jordan Addison has proven it, but, eh, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm curious the direction that it's going to go and what Addison ends up doing. Um, The fact that he was out there working out with the Alabama quarterback, I I think it might've shocked a few people, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. So, so we'll see what goes on with that. I want to close out with this one and I will go ahead and pull it up on the screen for everybody. Chris, uh, the tweet says, Justice is not particularly blind. For example, when the Louisiana State University football team loses in an upset, it causes judges in Louisiana to add 1,296 days of punishment to juvenile defendants, including 136 extra days of jail time, just because judges are in a bad mood. Have you seen this? The, the guy's name is Ethan Mollick. He's a professor uh, professor at Wharton that uh, is studying innovation and entrepreneurship and ephemeria. Um, it, it's a very interesting study, what he has, has done. And I don't think it should be super surprising to anybody, but he went through and made graphs and everything else, um, basically about the judges in Louisiana... And basically, they're giving harsher sentences after an l s u upset law, like when they're not expected to lose when they do lose to somebody they're not supposed to the the sentencing is is more harsh. I'm curious your thoughts on this. I don't think it's just an l s u thing this is just the the study that he did, but when I saw it, I immediately thought of you and thought, yeah. huh like that's this this does make sense to me well. It, it, this is this is one of the
1: many 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 huge flaws in our justice system. That that is just a problem. That judges who have a biases towards someone or um, a liking towards someone else can can give a harsher or lesser punishment. That is not justice. That is not balanced. That is not fair. Um, and and it's just you just yeah. Depending on what you had for lunch. Or did you find your wife cheating on you the night before? Or did your football team lose a game the weekend before all of a sudden now affect the life of someone else? Yeah, I've got, I've got massive, massive problems with that, but it all stems around the fact, and then now we're going to get political at some point, but it all stems around the absolute corruption and flaws in our justice system that are, Disgusting and broken. I was a criminal justice major. There's a reason I didn't go into law enforcement. At any time, not, it's not that I was fat and I want to be a cop. I would have been the worst cop you'd ever know. <laughs> but like, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't handle it. I just, I, I, I would put a target on myself and then I wouldn't have made it very long. But because I just can't handle, and it, it's bad rules. It's you're yeah. asking humans. You're asking humans to. Set aside their humanness all of their flaws and all of their personal issues and make decisions on other people's lives i don't i don't i just don't handle that very well at all
2: well, i think it just goes to prove you know it, there are a lot of jobs a lot of companies that require you to leave your personal life at home once you come into work and
1: i don't I yeah don't but think it's that they easy. all ask you to do that right it's not as easy they don't there's nothing you could do about it right right but if Steve Jobs went into work one day pissed off because he found his wife railing some other guy. Like, that, that doesn't, <laughs> like the iPhone's not going to suck, all right? Everybody's iPhone's not going to break, or somebody there's probably not going to get fired because we have hiring laws to protect them
0: Agreed. from like,
1: wrongful termination and stuff. So, so yeah, like, you're not going to ruin someone's life because you have a bad day. Alabama loses. You're not going to go to the University of Memphis and ruin someone's life with your shitty job. Right? I could do a bad job at my job, and I could really screw up something at work. But I'm not going to ruin someone's life. It's just going to be a lot more work for me fixing it. Exactly, it actually ruins people's lives, but they don't give a shit because the people coming through their courts, most people don't care about.
2: Yeah, it's it's a shame, uh, but I am glad that somebody you know went through. And yeah. and actually, you know, studied it. Uh, his well in Louisiana. Tweet,
1: listen, let's let's not get this wrong, okay? Louisiana is is kind of in the conversation with one of the most corrupt states in the country. Oh, most with how sure. things, like how business is done, I mean, right? All the way from back a to Huey governmental Long. standpoint.
2: Yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, so the, the follow-up this tweet
1: doesn't here, surprise me at all.
2: Uh, the follow-up tweet said judges with degrees from the losing school were especially harsh in uh, sentencing the next day. And, uh, and it said in answer to the question, uh, in the thread, it's not a correlational paper. It shows a casual relationship between judges, mood and sentencing. Uh, yep. and then he goes through, you can go through and read it. Uh, the guy's name again, Ethan Mollick, you can follow him on Twitter at E M O L L I C K. Uh, really interesting stuff. I mean, it's, it's a really interesting, I've, I tweeted it out. You can find it over at, uh, at Gary W C E. But, uh, but it's it's very interesting the way that he looked into this because uh, it I mean it goes pretty deep and it goes over years and years and it it's not gotten better I, I will certainly say that so you know it's uh it's interesting interesting stuff my friend so anything else that uh that you want to hit on today nope that's it all right buddy I'm going to let you go I'll wrap this thing up thank you sir all right be good buddy bye all right. So that is going to do it for today's show. You guys have been fantastic. What a wonderful week to start off May. The weather has been pretty beautiful for the most part all week. And now, of course, we've got severe thunderstorms and all that kind of stuff going on outside while recording this. So uh, with that said, we are going to jump out of here. You guys subscribe where you need to subscribe. Go visit the website. Again, if anybody's interested in advertising and all that, you can reach out to us. You can follow in, or find me on Twitter, at GaryWCE, or If you don't do the Twitter thing, I totally get it. You can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Very easy to do. Again, the impressions last year went through the roof during football season, and we are prepping for that. We're starting our college football previews on Monday, starting off with the MAC East. So hopefully you guys are ready for that. With that said, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully all of your tickets cash